Roadshow, episode number 368. Yes. My name is John Morgan. Cold Coffee is with me. That's right. Mm. We, we are back together in Las Vegas. The dynamic duo was actually sitting across the table from each other, enjoying a nice frosty beverage. Award-winning yes. Pabst Blue Ribbon. Oh, man. It's good. It's good to be here. Weather feels good. We're not, we don't have crazy... Dust Armageddon going on outside. That was crazy, man. Like 70 mile an hour Literally winds here in the Vegas the other day. I tried taking pictures, and I realized it, my picture, the camera didn't do it justice. But knowing that when you look outside, it's blue, blue skies. Maybe there'll be some clouds, and you can see the clouds. It was so uniformly, like, void of that because all there was was dust in yeah. there that it was so different. I was like, oh, my God, I got to take a picture. And I was like, this doesn't read at all. Right but on. I was like, it was the most bizarre thing. But even trying to just watch it outside, I'd sit outside for a little bit, and then literally I, I was like, I could feel that I was inhaling like dust particles. I was like, let me just go back inside. I don't think I've ever seen it that dust. I was talking was to Danielle. Like, I moved here in 2008, and I think that's the most I've ever seen it like that, where it was just zero visibility. Like, we've had some wildfires bringing smoke sometimes. Right. It was kind of crazy. And we've had some dusty days, but, yeah, it was nuts. And I'll tell you what, I had to oh, – I was going to say I had to land in it. I was in a plane yeah. that landed in it. I didn't actually oh, – yeah, to, how was, how was that landing? Yeah. You know, did, me, you, did you take the autopilot off for that Let me walk one? you through the way the steps that I did with the trim <laughs> on the <laughs> – yeah, I mean that, – <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. that's funny. No, look, I, I sat in my first class chair and sipped a vodka oh, soda look at uh, that. while it landed. But uh, yeah, so I had to. But it, the, the plane was, you know, obviously you and I have flown a little bit, so it, it, the turbulence and shaking stuff doesn't bother me. But if you if you weren't a veteran flyer, yeah, this would mess because it was like it was the plane was pitching from side to side, like even oh. as we were like landing because the wind was blowing so hard. It that's was, no fun. It was not good. There's only been once or twice I think when I was on a flight where the landing. Something about the wind just being able to come across the side and then bouncing you up. You know, it's like it, it hits the ground that comes back up, so then it gets you from the bottom. It's getting you from the side. Once or twice, I remember feeling like not scared, but to the point where I was like, I can't take much more of this, you know, because yeah. I was like, I'm either feel like I'm going to get like super, super dizzy or like nauseous or something. And like, I, you know, like you said, we fly a lot. That doesn't happen, but it was so bad that I just remember thinking, like, please. Please get this plane onto the ground. You know, it was just like whatever. But yeah, with the winds that bad, uh, there's something about landing in Vegas uh, with high winds. It's oh, rough. It's, it's rough. It's super, super rough, that man. Rough. And uh, yeah, man. So I, I don't envy your position, but uh, it was crazy. It was crazy that day. It was. I was just so happy to be back, even though it was so. I got stuck an extra day in Jacksonville. So. This didn't end up being the longest trip ever because, you know, airfare right now is insane, man, because of the cost of fuel, I guess, it's just it's just nuts. So the cheapest flight I could take, uh, I mean, it was like $300 cheaper than any of the other ones, so it was significant enough that I was like, I'll go ahead and do it, was to take uh, a red-eye on Monday night. So I actually left Vegas last Monday night, got in real early Tuesday morning into Florida, so kind of had Tuesday as just kind of a hangout day, and then, of course, we had the whole week. Uh, you know, it's an East Coast fight, right? So you know those East Coast fights, man. You're not getting out of there till like hangout four day. in the morning. Oh, man, look God. at you. Go to a new place. You got hangout days nah, now. You know, <laughs> you know, Big just, dog. You're like, I'm calling the shots. Editor-in-chief over here at MMA <laughs> Underground, baby. We got to get adjusted, you know what I mean? We got to settle in. So, are, are, you, are you just booking first class at this point? You just booking no, first no, class? No, no, I'm still getting the upgrade. Still booking coach, man. Some things never change. 
But uh, so yeah, you know, so we got out of the the, the uh, you know the arena at like four o'clock in the morning. That was ridiculous. It's late. I hate those East Coast pay per views. But like four in the morning, um, then c- come back to the hotel, uh, knocked out the and a half episode as we always do for the fine folks over at Patreon.com/slash the MA Roadshow. Best folks, most handsome, funniest, unbelievable people Educated, in the world. I mean, the, the greatest crew. Best of people. drivers, uh, everything. Handsome, good looking. Their children are all <laughs> smart and good looking. <laughs> so I knocked that out. Just got really lucky, man, because the front desk agent there at the hotel that I was at was a huge MMA fan. And so when I was like, bro, I got kind of an evening flight. Like, is there any chance I can, uh, you know, get kind of a late checkout? And the dude was like, bro, whatever you need, man. I was like, cool, cool. Bro, so, are you first question guy? Pretty much. So, yeah. so it was nice. So he was a super nice guy. So he was like, dude, if you want to stay in there to like two or whatever, like, cool. So I took a night flight out because I didn't want to be in that rush thing. You know what I mean? Where you're yeah. like trying to get to the 6 a.m. flight and all that. It's not – it's – I can't do that anymore, but but, no. but but anyway, I was taking the evening flight out. Was connecting uh, through Austin, uh, and then and then on on to Vegas. Well, the 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 connecting flight got delayed like three hours due to mechanical issues, so we missed the connection, and there was no other way to to, to get us there. So ended up having to go stay in a hotel that night. Luckily, they did. They, you know, they came off with the voucher because it was their fault, so we yeah, didn't have to pay for anything. So it was nice, but it just meant that I was in Jacksonville yesterday, so I didn't end up getting home until you know, on, on, on Monday evening. So it ended up being a full seven day trip and yeah. it just sucks to be away from the kid. And it kind of messed up things because I was originally going to get back Sunday. I was going to go out to the Bellator, uh, press conference, the press conference in LA. I was yep. going to go to that Bellator press conference. I didn't get to go. So I was kind of bummed because first of all, man, they've got a great card this weekend and we'll talk about that in a little bit of a second. Yep. I just haven't covered a Bellator anything in forever. You know what I mean? At MMA Junkie, we're here in Vegas. Nolan King was kind of on the Bellator beat. I, it's been forever since I've been to a Bellator. So I was actually kind of excited to go catch up with those guys. That didn't get done. Plus, it's you know another day away from home, so it was uh, it was, it was a bit of a pain. But I tell you what's funny is um, so while I was in the airport in Jacksonville, while I was waiting, I saw Hamzat Shemaev there and his team. And first, first, first of all, it was kind of cool to see the attention that he's getting. Like that dude. Is over, man. Really, fans? He, oh, yeah, fans were just running up That's to him. That's awesome. And you could tell, like, they were kind of scared to go ask him for pictures and stuff because I think they're like, I think this dude's a crazed animal, you know what I mean? But he's actually, he was super nice, and he took pictures with everybody, and, and uh, so it was cool That's to see cool. that. But what was really funny was, uh, and I, I, I mean, I'm, you know, hopefully he doesn't beat me up for saying this, but uh, they all missed their flight even though they were sitting in the gate. Oh, really? <laughs> there were seven because of them. Because they were chatting? Yes, oh, they wow. were, they were, they were, and they were going back to Sweden, man. So they had to. Oh. <laughs> How did they do that? And they missed it. In fairness, I didn't like. I was in, like, we were all in the same little gate area. There's probably like I don't know six or eight gates in this one at the end of the Jacksonville airport. And I didn't hear them like calling them the names or anything like that. And there were seven of them on the plane. But I guess they walked up to the door uh, two minutes late, oh. and they were like. Nope, you can't do it. So That's terrible. Yeah, so I, I guess I, I did see – so then they had to go standby. They rebooked him. I did see Hamzat and one of his training partners were able to get on, like, an, a flight an hour later to Miami, and then I guess they were going to try to get him over to Sweden, but the rest of the team had to stay. But I guess wow. – so that was kind of cool. They put the fighter first, like, no, you get back. But uh, anyway, it was just kind of a funny thing because I, I don't know if it's because they were they were so busy talking to the fans and stuff, they didn't realize what time it was, but uh, they were getting kind of swarmed. And yeah. the next thing I knew, like, I thought they were done. And actually somebody came up to take a picture with me, and I was like, oh, bro. I was like, oh, yeah, of course, of course. And – I was like, you know, enjoy it. He's like, did you see Hamzat over there? I was like, yeah, but he left. Like, well, he's like, no, he's there right now. I was like, what? And that's why I found out that wow. they missed their plane. So, 
pretty damn funny. You figure somebody somebody on the team <laughs> has to keep an eye on that. Like, if you got six or seven, you know, who's who's the low man on the totem well, point that's got to, like, keep keep abreast of I that? always hear about people that are saying they're trying to break into the MMA industry. You know, they want to work yeah. in the MMA industry. If you're good at timekeeping skills and, and, and organization <laughs> – Team Hamzat Shemaev yeah. is in need of somebody. <laughs> you can just be like, hey, bro, if you bring me on board, I'll make sure you never miss a flight again. I will be the dude. Just fly me around. I'll just be there and be like, time to go. <laughs> time to go. Pretty crazy. But uh, so anyway, missed the Bell Tour press conference, but um, did get, you know, the, on the good news, I did get to have an extra dinner with my family uh, at home because it's a busy week, man. I'm as, as we're sitting here recording this. I'm a few hours away from jumping on a plane and heading to Atlantic City for CFFC uh, 107 on Friday night. So make sure if you're around on Friday night, you check out UFC Fight Pass. We actually have our man CM Punk is back in the booth. He's missed the last couple of them, so Andre Petroski is filled in. And Andre is a very capable fill-in. He's done a good job. Uh, but I, I missed working with my man CM Punk, so he'll be back in the building this week. And then when I come back from that... I'm actually going out to Dallas next week uh, to go see the PFL debut and sneak in Jeez. a visit with the mom and dad. You know, it's uh, look at you. I know, man. Well, it's this company likes sending me on the road. I guess I. <laughs> <laughs> it helps that we don't have anybody else working for us, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, this this wow. again, this new company I'm with, I guess, Shots values fire. values me being on the road. I values guess. me covering live events. I guess so. <laughs> That's a lot of traveling, though, man. It is a lot of traveling. It's you know what's funny is I, I think part of it too was like I wanted to do as much as possible, like right out the box, just to hey, you know, get to see all these organizations, you know, talk to them, let them know where I'm at, you know, talk about what we can do, and, you know, for yeah, you do that over Zoom. Like that. Zoom. Ah, it's nothing you like the old out. handshake in person. You know, it's it's different. I know, but it's different. But the thing, man, like I mean, that's a lot of road time. Oh well, you're supposed to be. You guys, okay, yeah, that quality see, family see, time. That's 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 where we're getting to. Okay, yeah. so I wanted to go do all this, and I was like, man, I was ambitious. I'm like, dude, I'm gonna ch- the first. I was like, that first month or two, I'm gonna check in with the UFC. I'm gonna check in with Bellator. I'm gonna check in with PFL. I'm gonna check in with One Championship. I'm gonna make sure they all know where I'm working, what our Did plan is. Did you check in is. with the boss before yeah. you start saying you're gonna check in with uh, them? I, I, I am the boss. No, the, you're oh, the, the boss. Well, the the money guys, <laughs> ah, you know. No, I meant like your wife. <laughs> oh, oh, that was well. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, that is, that is the boss. That's a family boss. But I did tell her I was like, look, this this first you know period of time, it's gonna be a little bit rough, but it's not gonna always be. Like, but dude, it yeah. has it has reminded me. It's funny, man. It has reminded me how don't forget that that quality family time, man. It's just, yeah. dude, that 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 is time you are never ever ever gonna get back, right? You can never. You're, That's it. Your kid is never gonna be nine years old again. Your kid is not. Yeah. You, know, you, you have to do it, and so it is a good reminder that hey, we're trying to do good things over here at the MMA Underground. Uh, we're trying to we're trying to make sure that we fit in and we get things going in the right direction. However. Let's not do it at the sacrifice of family because that's that's the balance you got to strike, man. You can't. Uh, and and I know it. a lot of us. Hey, we're the worst. So we're we're both both of us are workaholics, man, and, and do it. And and it's good. I think that helps you get where you are. I mean, a, a, a firm work ethic is good, and it's 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 a value, and it helps you get where you got to get. But you can't forget what matters, and it's that family time. Too, yeah, right? and I mean that's if anything, I mean that's yeah, like you said. I mean, as much as a good work ethic is is important, you know making sure you you keep track of the family is is equally as important too but i know as a young reporter starting at a small startup you know you got to feel that grind you know you got to feel like that you're out there trying to earn a name for yourself but as an experienced um mma man over here at an established place i just want to say you know uh make sure you take your time i appreciate that uh, you know uh, embrace it all you Wisdom. know try to remember it all try to remember it don't don't rush do too much 
you know, remember the little things. Remember your first thousand subscribers on YouTube. You sage know. advice. <laughs> sage advice. It's funny. Jose Young's got me pretty good the other day. You know, for, for anybody that's listening to the show for any time, you know, we always had our little inside stick that, you know, Jose Young is just a young upstarting <laughs> reporter. Uh, hopefully he'll sign on somewhere, you know, he's blah, blah, blah. Just always, because, you know, when, when I worked for MMA Junkie, we would never mention MMA fighting. But we like yeah. Jose, man. He's a good dude. Oh, yeah, he's he was dude. on the road a lot, especially, you know, during Fight Island. He was the one that was there with, with me and Oscar Willis, Hot T. So, you know, we just had that kind of inside stick going well, this past week in Florida, uh, the the weigh-ins were kind of slow at the end. Like we were down to like one or two people, and I think we had like 30 minutes where there wasn't much going on. So, you know, I heard those guys live streaming right behind me. So I got up and I just went over and jumped on their live stream. Yeah. I was like, wow, we could, I can do this now. You know, it's kind of funny. I was like, hey, you're real people. Like I can actually <laughs> address you as real people. And kind of had some fun. So, and then Jose got me with the tweet. He was like, uh, you know, the, the young upstart reporter, you know, finally made it, got yeah. on an MMA fighting stream, and he's all excited about it. Because so. I, I saw the, I saw Jose's thing, but I think it was a GIF, so I didn't actually see the footage. Yeah. But did you do the whole, like, walk downstairs thing? No, what, 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 what happened was, so I just went up and said, hey, and I was like, hey, I was like, you guys, I can actually be on these streams. I was like, you're real people. I can address you as real people, you know? And I was like, hey, everybody, because uh, I've been listening to a lot more of Mike Heck stuff, and I think he yeah, does yeah. a really good I job. That. I was praising him, and then, you know, just whatever, just being silly. And then, so when I was like, all right, well, I better go now, and I'm like, well, what can I do? And so I was like, I'm going to go back. To the underground. Uh, <laughs> so I ducked down out of the frame. <laughs> I'm going back. I was wondering to what the you said, but that makes sense. That, that's funny. <laughs> you know, and it, yeah. That's funny. And I dropped down to the floor and then like wow. fell down. And uh, so yeah, it was, it was fun. I like it. You found a, you found a funny personality at this little upstart place. Yeah, you man. Know? You were you were too buttoned up at MMA Junkie. I, I don't I have suppose. to be buttoned up anymore, man. I mean, I still got to be. You know, I still got to be. You know. Toe the line. We're not going to go inappropriate, but yeah, we're yeah. going to have a little bit more fun. So I like it. A lot going on, man. Uh, just a couple hours ago, before we sat down, Marlon Marias, uh, I heard from Ali Abdelaziz that Marlon Marias announced his retirement and is, is wow. no longer done. So, tweeted that one out. I saw uh, Aaron Bronstetter uh, had that report as well. Excuse me, Frosty Beverage doing its work there. Uh, but man, crazy to see Marlon Marias, 33 years old, man, and, uh, and done. So, I'm gonna be interested. I'm not to see. hating on that. Or no, I'm not hating on it. I'm, I'm gonna be interested to see if, if if it sticks. You know what I mean? And I'm not one of yeah. these. I know a lot of people are kind of like the pessimist of MMA retirements. They just make fun of them immediately. Yeah. But there's some that I think will stick. I'm kind of interested to see if this one sticks. Or not. I, I imagine he's pretty down. I mean, dude, he went to he went to Thailand. Speaking of being away from family, he went away from his family, went to Thailand yeah. to go train. You know, and then still didn't get the result. First round knockout loss. Um, Man, I know, I know he's yearning to be with his family a little bit too, yeah. man. I mean, he's been at the top of the game for for so long. Uh, I mean, he's he's reached the pinnacle in some organizations. Didn't get there with the UFC, but he he fought the who's who, the toughest guys. And if, like you said, he went all in that last one, he he left his family for a long time to go do that training. I mean, to go across the world to to do stuff like that. Um, and don't forget, get trapped in a hospital for a little while when he yeah. tested positive for COVID. I mean, to, to do all that, I mean, I'm sure uh, he was hoping that the thing was, you know, a better outcome and that maybe that would change his mind. But, you know, honestly, I mean, he's still – if he's if he's done the right things and he's prepared, you know, for, for life after and he has businesses and if he has – or just things he wants to do, you know, that will help him get through that retirement. I think part of what fails on the retirement thing is either – um, and this is even just people that retire in any other field after they've been doing yeah. for something so long. You know, if you can't keep your mind occupied, if you don't have something mm. to take that time, I mean, you you find the yearnings to go back to what you have been doing. So 
if he if he's prepared for it and uh, you know wants to spend that quality time, you know, we've been talking about family this whole you know episode. You know, if he's getting a chance to do that sort of thing and he's prepared for it, the last thing you want to do is just keeping hitting your head against the wall. You know, trying to get back to something that you're more than likely no offense to him not going to maybe get to, you know, yeah, if, the highest level. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's been incredible for so long and he's always been a top level guy. I just don't think he's going to beat the top tier guys. Uh, when I say the top tier, the the guys holding the belt. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, so here's the thing. So, uh, he, he walks away on a four fight losing streak one and five in his last six. Right. But listen to these names. The losses are to Henry Cejudo. Corey Sanhagen, Rob Font, Rob Devalishvili, Song Yudong. Great fighter. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's not, So I'm, I'm, I'm torn because I get it. I mean, and you hear these guys say it. They're like, man, when I can't compete at a high level anymore, then, yeah. I, then I know this time. But that's – not beating those guys doesn't mean you're not competing at a high yeah. level, man. You're Okay, you're not fighting at the elite level. Yeah, like you're not going for a belt, you know. Like if you're not beating Song Yudong – if you're not beating a Rob Font, you're not going to make it to the title. Right. And uh, while those guys, just like we said, those are great fighters. I mean, losing to those guys, there's no shame in that. Being, being a UFC fighter, there's no shame losing to anybody. They're all top-notch fighters. But if his aspirations and his goals is, you know, it's the title or nothing or why am I doing this sort of thing, if I can, if I can spend the time doing something else, you know, Protect the brain cells. Thirty-three is a great age to get out of it and still be able to pursue something else. He yeah. could start a, a career in another field and still have a full career <laughs> in another so avenue true. and still and save his brain and be there for when his family maybe needs him. You so know, true. I mean, good for him, man. I mean, I, and I'm sure he's done. I I'm gonna guess. I don't know, but I'm gonna guess he's done pretty decent financially. You got. I mean, remember yeah. he came over as a champion from another organization, the World Series of Fighting. Um, you know, Ali Abdelaziz had done a lot to kind of raise his profile, and you know, Ali is a stern negotiator when it comes to these guys. So, yeah. um, you know, I think he was doing pretty well. I mean, he, he was the he was the face of World Series of Fighting, man. He just sure the title like multiple times. So for him to come over as a free agent, you gotta imagine the UFC had to pay a premium to get him. We've never seen what his contract did. We've never seen. He's never been one of those ones we've never seen like a show or win, right? I don't think so. What do you What do you speculate? Hundred. 150? Let's see. Is that too much? Am I going way too high? The USC 245 was in Vegas, so that would have had paydays. And in that one, 220,000, 110 and 110. Okay. That's when he defeated. So I was close. That's when he defeated uh, Jose Aldo at USC 245. That was December of 2019. He fought four more times after that. We know he lost all those fights. But if he was on 110 and 110, you got to think it probably slid up to like 115 and 115. I was going to say, it probably didn't go much after that. Yeah. Like, I mean, because they usually bring him after in, a loss. Yeah, but, they, and they bring him out on a pretty good premium. They, but they brought him with a little room to probably move. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if he made, another, if he made, if he made another 450 grand over those last four fights, I mean, that's can't retire on that kind of money, but it's, it's good at least. I mean. And who knows? And then obviously you get the stuff on the side and yeah. whatever. So I don't know. Ho hopefully he's good. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's not walking away if he's if he's not in a good financial yeah. position. You know what I mean? I'm sure he just try to keep fighting. But uh, well, at least I wouldn't think that he'd walk away without some some other irons in the fire somewhere doing whatever. But but like you said, good for him if he's getting out with his health and and he's got his family and he's got uh, you know aspirations to other stuff. I mean. Um, you know, I know all these. You know, there's there's always people that are like, oh, he still got more into him. I can't believe he's getting out now. You know, or bad on him. It's like, dude, 
you know, if if the fighter knows it's time, if it's starting to get not fun in there, and uh, you know, that's it's time to go. So I mean, who knows? Uh, good for him. But like you said, we'll see if it sticks. Uh, hopefully, he doesn't show up in like BKFC or you know uh, some slap random slap organization, <laughs> you know, uh, years later or something. But good for him, man. Uh, thank you for the fights, Marlon. That was he's he's been a he's been one of the guys that man. Uh, he's always been a stud, man. He's always fun to watch. You always Such knew a well, nice dude, man. Super nice, and you always knew what you're gonna get, you know, from him in a fight. You know, I can't think I've ever saw a fight of his where you didn't give see him given his all you know and that's all we can ever ask as as media members and as as fans you know of the sport you know you hope somebody goes out there and gives her all and just isn't collecting a paycheck and taking it easy out there you know he's always he's he always bang. he's always came to bang no man, for sure all right, listen, uh, UFC on ESPN 34 is this weekend media day of stay. I was actually planning on being there, but had a little bit of a – We were planning on you being there. <laughs> we, I feel but yeah, we had a uh, some, some late little plan shift behind the scenes with the Morgan family, and unfortunately I wasn't able to make it. I, I, I was never going to be at the fights this weekend because I'll be flying home on Saturday, so I'll actually be watching them from a plane. Um, but I was going to come to the media day anyway and you know, help create some content and that sort of thing, and, and I did not get to do that. So uh, a small contingent of media, including uh, yourself, Hot T, and uh, I believe Alan Dawson was there who was uh, based over in the U.K., and, and that was it, right? Because a bunch of the media is at, uh, at Bellator yeah. this week. That was it. That was it. Wow. <laughs> you know, and it's funny because, you know, normally, you know, I'm always – well, I'm like, oh, man, I'm just going to – I'm going to video – I'm going to – Shoot video, then I'll just chime in every once in a while or whatever. I was like, Morgan's got this. We're good. We're right. good. And then when I got the texture, the message from you today saying, hey, not going to be able to get there today. I, th- I think what was my wording? I wrote back, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I think I wrote, fuck, zero prepared. And then I was like, all right, well, here's here's how it goes. And it's funny. I remember I initially tried uh, texting Oscar or like calling like, hey, you're gonna be at media day, and he didn't answer at first. I was like, oh fuck, oh, he dude, what if he went to Bellator? Here. I was like, this is gonna suck. Oh, I started texting our, our in our Slack channel. I was like, guys, uh, Morgan's not gonna be there, so I think it might just be me today. Uh, I was like, don't plan on getting much. <laughs> <laughs> just to, just to be honest, oh, and I'm like, you know, great. I'm like, you're gonna get what I get from zero preparation for this thing that's funny so but you guys pulled well, we it off it. i was i was watching the stream during most so i had to i had to move in and out so i wasn't watching every minute of it but i was watching the live stream and um i, I guess Ugh, even that had issues i mean there's yeah. so many technical things i tried out a new brought the new camera out there so i was like you know i, I want to mess around with here and like i was saying earlier it's like you could plug it in here and run it and everything seems fine but until you take it out into the work environment yeah, yeah. That's when shit starts going yeah. wrong. So it just was acting up, and I was just like, oh, of course. But this was the event for it to happen. But, yeah, it was just at the beginning was just such a shit show. I was what? like, all right, we got no Morgan. My camera's acting up, <laughs> and they're rushing to bring somebody in here. And I was like, no, 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 no. Give me, like, 10 more minutes. And like, we're going to bring in the first person. And I was like, oh. And then it was already out of order right from the get-go, and I was just like. That's funny. Well, I was going to so you t- you said it. If there was ever one for there to be bad things. Yeah. Uh, I, I got to be honest, man. I mean, I, I look. The main event is incredibly relevant, and it's a good fight. Vicente yep. Luque, Bilal Muhammad. You're talking about two of the top ranked welterweights in the division. Yep. Uh, I talked to both of them last week, um, and both of them have a pretty clear understanding of where the welterweight division lies. You know, this was before the Hamzat Shemaya fight had happened, um, but I heard both guys talking about today. You know, they they fully expect Hamzat to fight Colby. They fully expect Leon to fight uh, Kamara Usman. 
but they realize that you know this is important to kind of be in that next tier of staying right there. Yep. And and I like what both of them said too, and the fact that because it's true, you know these are probably the two most underrated guys in the welterweight division that their name just doesn't get mentioned enough, and they're right there, man. They're in that grouping with that top level of contenders, and and yep. and, 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 I, and I, both of them know like, hey, I don't expect my next fight to be a number one contender fight, but I feel like maybe. This and one more, right. and then I'm there, and I, and I think they're right. So this is a big fight. It's a rematch. A lot of people might not remember because it was several years back. It was very early in their career. They were both on the prelims. Uh, it was one that Vicente Luque won very quickly, um, but it was one that Bilal Muhammad took on very short notice. And so both of them have kind of said, "And eh, we don't really." I mean, it's so long two ago. Two totally different it's, fighters. We're yeah. different fighters now. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, main event, uh, Cold Coffee. I mean, you, you talked to the guys today. Like I said, I talked to him last week. Um, Excited for this one because I think it's a I think it's a big one at 170 and I'll just say it and then we'll talk about the rest of the card. It's really the lone meaningful fight in terms of impacting rankings and that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, there's some other good fights on here, but this is the one that has the most, uh, you know, the most on the line, the most at stake, I guess. Yeah, and when it's funny because we even sort of talk about this, me and Oscar, you know, like you said, this might not be one of those ones where it's like the contender but it's a, a a very important fight where it's sort of like setting itself up to be in the in the in the mindset of what could be a contender fight and i felt like that is like this whole card this is like one of those cards where there's no immediate like implications for the division but this is like one of those cards where there's a lot of people vying to to try to get near that contender spot right. vying to get near where they're trying to make a good impression to start getting their names out there and when you look top to bottom for this whole card while there's not a lot of immediate ones where, where you say, okay, this is going to impact the middleweight, this is going to do this, these are all people that are starting to push past or maybe just drop back from being uh, like in the middle of the field. I think this is another push to give them a chance to maybe, you know, show why that they people should pay attention to their names. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, some of these cars are so many fighters that or so many fights that happen, that you you forget you know, names, you forget when the last time you see it, when you go through these cards, this particular card, and you look at a lot of these fighters, a lot of them have a lot of UFC fights. Yeah. You know, at first when we were looking at it, I was like, oh man, are there, you know, a lot of names? I'm like, are there any names? And I'm like, mm, when was the last time I seen this person? Do they fight often? And then you look and you're like, oh shit, they just had four fights recently or something. So in terms of, yes, immediate near, uh, you know, ramifications for the division, of course, that the, the Vicente and Bilal fight has a very good shot of if they go out and, and they both sort of said it, and Vicente certainly said it, and Bilal said it, and he said it, um, you know, you make a go out there and you make a great showing. Dana, you know, he's sort of, he's he's been known to, you know, be er, impressed so much at some point that he's like, okay, this this fight has to be the one that's going for the next shot. Right. You know, if one of these guys go out there. And oh, these yeah, guys one, are, one performance can really get that for you. These guys are close enough that they could steal a little bit of that thunder. And I think part of that was because the, the Hamzat Burns fight was so close mm -hmm. that it wasn't that clear shot where it was like Hamzat has to get the next shot after this. Yeah, because if, if Hamzat had somehow, you know, when he hurt Gilbert, like if he had finished that fight in the first round. In the first, like, 30 seconds or the first minute and a half. Like, I think all of a sudden if you're Leon Edwards, you're like, uh, can we get this contract Yeah, signed? where's this contract? Because <laughs> you knew it would have got – Yeah, because they're about to take that shot away from you. You know, so, I mean – it was it was really neat seeing the respect that both of these guys gave uh, Hamzat after as well. You know, you know when I was talking to Bilal, but Bilal's always been one of those guys. You know, that's been saying like, "Give me this kid." You know, nobody wants to fight him. Give him to me. Right. I'll fight him. Whatever. He's been uh, 
comes out to been like this boogeyman almost, you know, where everybody's like, he's unbeatable, he's unstoppable, he's just going to walk through everybody. And Gilbert made him seem like an actual human being. Well, that's after been the that, weirdest you know? take for me out of that fight, right? Like, after the dust settled and after my plane got, finally got yeah. home, to see the number of people that are like, Hamzat's been exposed, he's not that good. Like, I had the exact opposite reaction to me. I was like, no, Hamzat proved that he's really good. He showed that. There's some things he can improve on, right. you know what I mean? But, dude, the dude is really, really good. He is as advertised. But I think you're right. Like, people had built him up to be like, this is the destroyer of worlds that right. comes in and, and touches you. And you're like, no. And then it's done. He's right. a, as, as Dana White said at the press conference, he's a human being. Yeah. He's a very dangerous human being. But he's not going to come in and just destroy everybody with one touch. I, I just think that's a weird take that I've seen people say that he got exposed by Gilbert. No, to me, he got tested by a top contender in the world early in his the career. The number two UFC guy, right? Right, and he found <laughs> a way to one, edge out. Yeah, I forget no, what he is. He, he was number two. He dropped down to number four. So, I mean, dude, I, it's – it's I, I don't know. It's so weird, man. I, I, yeah. I don't understand that take that he got exposed. Yeah, and, and it was good It was good on these two guys to sort of say that as well, you know, and, and give him praise, you know – for his performance, and uh, but that's the kind of thing with that sort of performance, you know, and, and maybe that's the whole thing of popular beliefs is fickle, you know, like as long as he's doing these crazy one round, 30 second things, taking two punches in four fights or whatever, they're like, okay, this guy, you know, he has to be the thing. I think both these guys realize if they go out there and put on a crazy performance, there is that possibility they could jump over, but they also. Um, we're more along the lines of if it doesn't, that's fine. Mm -hmm. If I have to fight one more time, I like it when guys realize, you know, they, they, that's a sign that these guys are veterans. They understand how the game plays. They know that for them to springboard over, that would be incredibly difficult. Yep. That it's quite possible, but both of them are like, Hey, if it means I have to fight another one, that's fine. And if it is Hamzat, say if that Hamzat Colby fight happens, sure. Bring the guy on, you know, like I love the fact that these two guys well, never. I've never seen one of them shy away from any competitor Not at out all. there. You know, Not so at all. it's interesting to see. I mean, the two. I mean, two of the nicest guys that you can think. But this does have a lot of ramifications. I think for the division, but just for the heck that they are at the top um, and very easily could be fighting. You know what could be? I would think if the next fight's going to be the number one contender it could, fight, it absolutely could be. And it is interesting too because I, I, I have. I do wonder because now obviously Colby Covington. I, I think I haven't seen him make a comment yet. Yeah, uh, maybe I'm wrong and, and I missed it. Um, but I, I wonder because it does seem like Colby Hamza is the fight to make right now, yeah. right? That's the fight to make. But it kind of seems to like is do you does hope he Colby smashes want that, that guy? Do you want him to get? You want him to smash that guy? Let's just say I'm interested in the fight. <laughs> <laughs> because it's, a, it's so relevant in the division, Cole Coffey. Yeah, it's yeah. so relevant in the division, you know what I mean? But what I'm, I haven't seen Colby say, like, yeah, that's the fight I want yeah. right now. Like, I wonder if Colby's going to be like, hey, man, I fought for the title. Why do I got to fight this new kid that's just yeah. come up? But, I mean, so, so I don't know. But if know. he does, you think he's, he pushes for that five rounds? Oh, absolutely. That was the question I, Colby could I kept bringing up. Those I kept bringing up with these guys. What would have happened with the Gilbert fight if it would have went two more rounds? Yep. And Gilbert, I talked to Gilbert yesterday, and he said, uh, he only wants five round fights moving forward. And he did say, he's "Look, I'm not trying to make an excuse." Right. He's like, "It's a great fight." He's like, "But I, he's like, I, I wanted to go two more rounds." He's like, yeah. "I think I, I would." I had love him. that he didn't make the excuse, but I, he was doing so well that if it was two more rounds, the damage he was starting to do, and it felt like he still Dude, was, he was just he was still, those right he hands, was still ramping up. I felt like he was, 
he found his second win, yeah. third win or something, and he was doing good damage. Yep. You know, that if there was two more rounds, I'm not of I'm not against saying that Gilbert would have won that fight. Colby's pace over five rounds would be very difficult for Hamza. Right. Very difficult. Colby's Colby's a whole nother beast. As much as he can be a complete asshole on the mic, he is his cardio and his work and what he puts into it. Insane. He goes he's always gonna be super prepared. And seeing what Gilbert did and uh Gilbert has a good engine, you know, behind him that pales in comparison to what Colby when he grinds and goes out there. It's ridiculous. It's good. And you did say and I will say, you know, obviously I know they've come out and said it in the media since. I did talk to Team Homs at, uh, you know, while we were at the airport, and they yeah. did right away. They kind of said the same thing. Was this thing. when they were missing their, their – this, their... this was – yeah, this was as their flight was taxiing down the runway. I was like, hold on, let me, let me get that – let me get that – this quote that I'm never going to report right now. I just want it for my own personal knowledge. Uh, and then I was like, oh, thanks for the information. Looks like your plane's gone. But hey, hey. – you know, we buddies, hey. Uh, but no, they didn't say right away. They were like, man, listen – that 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 fight was like they were very distraught at Hamzat's performance because they were like, look, that was not the game plan, that was not the approach. Yeah, we were not supposed to be brawling like that. We were supposed to be jabbing. He even said as of, much in the post fight that he it. didn't stick to what he was supposed to and, do. And they think that you know, so if he, so I think right now, and so that so this is going to be the question too, right? Because now the question is, can Hamzat go five rounds? It looked like he was getting tired in three, but at the same time, there's a guy that a wasn't preparing for a five round fight, and yeah. b you know, admittedly said, you know, I got too excited and I was trying to finish it in two minutes, whereas I didn't have yeah. to do that, you know. So I had a big adrenaline dump. A big adrenaline dump. So I, I don't know. That's the fight I want to see. But these these guys are going to be right behind it. And I love the fact that, hey, they, they again, if Colby doesn't want the fight, these two guys, whoever wins, will happily step up and say, I'll take that fight. That's, and that's, and that's, that's what I love it, man. I mean, that's look, it. I get it, man. In, in this day and age, you got to kind of manage your career and pick your spots and create your opportunities, and that's cool. I get that. Yep. But there's just something about guys that are like, sign me up. I'm fighting the toughest dudes in the division. Get me to fight. I, I, I'm ready to go. Let's go. You know. Yep. So um, I like this main event. By the way, I will say, um, I said it's the only one that's kind of impactful in the rankings. If you look on the prelims, there is Lena Landsberg versus Pani Kionsad. Um They are, I think, number 11 and number 12. So that is a ranked fight. But not. it's not going to impact – you know, the next uh, title challenge or anything shot. like that. So yep, yep. so I want to just clarify that so it didn't seem like I was trying to minimize what they're doing. Um, I will say, uh, and, and, and you guys talked to him today, um, I don't, what your impression, I'm a little bit surprised. I, and I don't want to disrespect these guys either, but Kyle Bohio and Godzi or Godziev in the co-main event. Crazy. It's weird, right? Super crazy. I both, mean. It's like, a, it's like a debut. One guy's debut. Both of them, in the sense, it's both debuts. Yeah. That's that's unheard of. I don't. It's weird, Who right? Debuts. I mean, one. Well, I guess Cal's. It, this is third time fighting the Apex. He's right. fought in the Contender Series two times. Gazi's coming in. This is his debut, and then you're going to put it as the co-main over other veterans. I mean, I don't. I, I mean, and it's a middleweight thing. I'm like, okay, debut middleweight. It's not like you need. Uh, one of these for like an immediate other fight or something. I mean, it maybe almost would have made more sense to have. Fuck, I don't know. Here's Devin a, Clark, William Knight, somebody. I, you to, know? Me, to me, if I look at one, I, I, I say Miguel Baeza, Andre Fialo. That like, would have been a good one. That's going to be – you know it's going to be fireworks, yeah. right? And there's some – you know, again, I mean – Did you listen Did you listen to uh, Miguel's uh, I missed media his. day? I missed his. It was interesting. I mean, I, he's made some changes. He's coming in on two losses, but he talked about there was really just sort of – I don't know if it was just team, other things that he was going with. He had a lot of stuff sort of like – Mentally, that's been affecting him, and supposedly he's he's shed a lot of that on the outside, 
So he's coming in. He started working, I think, with a sports psychologist. But it felt like that he's been dealing with some stuff that he thinks has been sort of hindering his performance. Uh, but you know, I, you know, it's funny now that you know all that sort of recently. You know, like we more and more of these fighters, I feel, have been sort of like giving us hints and tips of when they've been dealing with things. You know, mm-hmm. off to the outside that maybe we as meeting or me just me people on the outside don't really get to see these underlying issues that Dude, that have been affecting it these is people. So impactful. Yeah. So impactful. I mean it's just as big and I started to ask them, I was like, it's one th- I mean like, you know, we ask them a lot of times, you know, we always look at their peak performance. Oh, okay, did they make weight? Is that weight gonna affect it? But, you know, the mental side of when that can really weigh you down is just as important mm-hmm. to a lot of these guys. And so if this is something that's been really weighing him down, supposedly now he's making some he's made some changes and he says he's coming in with a complete different not different mindset, but that he's clear. His mind is free from a lot of things that were bringing him down. But it was, it was just interesting, you know. And I asked him, like, I was like, so would you say that up to this point, you know, you've been getting by a lot of time on just your sheer physicality, like just being so good and so he's talented, an incredible athlete, that you're just making it through. But that have you been? I don't know. I don't know if it's just having the wrong people around that eventually, you know, he's got other too much other stuff going on that he's never peaked the right way going into a fight. I don't know, but. It was interesting, you know, uh, just hearing that. So I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, if this is a new version of him uh, coming in. But uh, who knows? I mean, I think it just it's another uh, thing where we see these fighters recently, and it's just been totally keying on my head when I hear it mm-hmm. that we're getting some of these fighters that are dealing with these things that now I feel good that they're able to they bring it up and we talk about it and they get it out in the open and then they get past it and then but you never know it helps other people to get past their things as well you know we're so focused a lot of times on what was your preparation who do you have in camp you know how's your weight cut going but never really talking about like like are you good bro like are you good like Mm -hmm. things good you know like what's going on you know Uh, so it was interesting that he came out and was very open and talking about, you know, he had been dealing with some things, but that he had to sort of clear the bad people that were around him. Uh, you know, he didn't name names or anything like that, but obviously it made it seem like it was either people that he's been working with, training with, or something like that, you know. Um, and maybe just maybe sound like personal life things or something, you know. But um, So I'm, I'm excited to see how this, this goes. I mean, he's got a really, really tough fighter in front of him, but... Uh, you know, anytime somebody comes in and feels, you know, and says that they've got their mind right, they've got their, I guess, got their life together, you know, you're hoping to see that performance from them. So, um, that's the people's co main event. That's the people's co main event. <laughs> uh, Miguel Vice, So, listen, here's the only thing I can think is I, maybe. Maybe they've got a bunch of uh, announcements teed up for the Contender Series, and that's why they're featuring two Contender Series in the co-main. I, I don't know. It's just a surprise win. And I don't want to take away from that's this, guys. That's a stretch. Cause it's a stretch. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm looking for reasons. I'm looking for reasons. Maybe like maybe they're going to announce the new season, and so they wanted to have two guys that were graduates. Ooh. You know oh. what I mean? Well, speaking of – well, this is totally off topic, whatever. There are uh, – you know, they, they took the – the Ultimate Fighter shirts down. Yeah, yeah. They're redoing all those, and like because before when you'd walk down that hallway to get in the into the thing, for people that don't know, if you've seen the Apex, as you're walking into the Apex and you're walking into the the area where the weigh-ins and to get into the event arena, 
on the wall all the uh, Ultimate Fighter jerseys, frame jerseys, frame jerseys, yeah. signed things, and tiny little pictures of the coaches yeah. are in there. They're redoing all those, and I think they're blowing up and getting bigger pictures and make them look oh, better. That's cool. So they're redoing it. So I saw Rob Tunneletti and some of the other guys that were uh, part of the the video, not the video, but the uh, photog, you know. Uh, I forget what his division, I guess, is called now, but they're redoing all those nice. things right now. Yeah, so I saw that. So they carted, they were carting all a lot of those into some van when I was uh, getting there. Oh wow! So they're shipping them away to do some work or whatever, and then they're going to get cool, back. That's cool because so. they look cool, but you're right, they could be better. And there were some where like the thing had slipped and fallen, like the picture right. inside the inside the what do you call it? Not shadow box. Is it called a shadow box that we call it? Or it's like a case. Um, where did like slipped or whatever, you yeah, know? So like, along those so lines. that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I, I, so it's it interesting. Good but, to see redo it. All right. Well, maybe yeah. continues. I don't know. It was like, but it was kind of yeah. weird. Uh, listen, as far as the rest of the card, Munir um, Lizzez is on there. Obviously, uh, a fantastic fighter against Ange Losa, uh, who stepped in on uh, incredibly short notice. Cool story for him, right? That he fought a couple weeks ago and he yeah. he gets to come in here on like two days' notice, basically. Uh, you mentioned Devin Clark and William Knight on the prelims. That's something definitely worth paying attention to. Uh, Chris Barnett's on there. Come on, man. You got you to gotta always tune in for his fights. Yeah, he's uh, awesome. Rafa Garcia versus Jetsy Ronson could be one to pay attention to. Ronson's had a really weird uh, career in the UFC so far. Uh, Haile Alatang, Alatang Haile, depending on how you do his name. It seems like it's different every time he fights against Kevin Kroom. Uh, you know, listen, Jordan Levitt's on there. I like Jordan Levitt. I mean, there, there's some fights, yeah. um, but there's nothing here. That, that I mean, it's this is the main event. This, I mean, this is – I don't know. I hate to say a one-fight card, but in terms of the – it's the closest the USC will ever get to a, a one-fight card, basically. Meanwhile, Friday night is Bellator 277. Uh, I think you guys have, what, uh, Matt Erickson and Nolan King out there in California. Is that right? I believe so because I think they're going to – because what is it? Hawaii is after the week after that or something going like to Hawaii. that. Yeah, then they're going to do off to the Hawaii or whatever. Listen, this Friday card, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I want you to watch CFFC 107 on UFC Fight Pass, of course. You know, we got Blake Builder versus Reggie Valdo Carvalho in the main event. Uh, we got Charlie Campbell versus Guillermo Dos Santos in the co-main event. Uh, we got a couple uh, debuts on the on the, on the prelims. I want you to watch CFSC, okay? <laughs> Let's get those numbers up for CFSC. We want to show Fight Pass that the, the CFSC is the organization on USC Fight Pass, and they need to be doing more dates. I mean, we need to be doing shows every weekend. Uh, get John Morgan and CM Punk working is what I'm saying. So watch that, but – Maybe on a second screen, or maybe if you want to record it and watch it later. I will say Bell Tour 277 is a phenomenal card. Of course, in, in the in the top one, you've got uh, AJ McKee versus Patricio Ferry in the uh, main event. That's a, a a rematch. The featherweight titles on the line. Uh, AJ McKee is a is a guy that I have been just absolutely. Uh, high on since he, he first came into the organization, man. I had a chance to think. I see, I think maybe a second fight I was there for, and man, you could just see, uh, you know, all the, the the basis for greatness there, man. And and now he's facing Pitbull again. That's a big one. The co-main event, uh, light heavyweight Grand Prix final titles on the line of a team Nemkov versus Corey Anderson. Corey Anderson has looked like an absolute warrior. Just I mean, just a stud since he's come over to Bellator. Yeah. Uh, talked to him a couple weeks ago. He's just talking about how much happier he is now. He's fighting free, and that's allowed him to be who he is. Well, he's Fighting for free? No, he is well, not fighting for, him. for free. He really loves this free sport. Free from a <laughs> mental side. Yeah, he's he's happy. He's not angry, and so that's good. Uh, you got the return of Aaron Pico, is in matched up with like 17 different opponents for this card, but he, he's got uh, Adley Edwards now. Tim Johnson versus Linton Vassell is on there, and then I mean, you go down even the prelims on here. You got some some names on here that are definitely yeah. worth paying attention to. So, um, I, listen, I know you're. you're uh, 
you're 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 dialed into UFC because that's what you've been uh, covering this week. But uh, you're gonna you're gonna maybe turn this one on on Friday night. While oh, of course, sure. while you're watching CFSC, of course. Oh but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, of course, I mean, but that's why I got two different viewing areas in here. You know, 100%. I'll put on one. one in fact, screen you know what? I'll just say this: you don't even have to watch CFSC. Just make sure you pull it up. Oh, yeah. and, and you know what I mean? If, if you <laughs> so put it on all the streaming computers. Just add the numbers. Just, just throw it on okay, there. All right, just okay. do me a favor. Anybody that's listening, log into USC Fight Pass, turn it on, and then go have dinner. Like go, like go do it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. You don't have the way. Just make sure Fight Pass is on and streaming. And then if you want to go watch Bellator, but I mean, dude, this this card's solid, right? This I mean, card is good. This card. I mean, you know, there's there's uh, it's there've definitely been times when Bellator has pulled it out and brought a better card than the UFC on the on the same weekend. If this was on the Saturday, the same day, I think. Uh, in sheer terms of like the bad badass fucking fights happening, like this card just blows the UFC card away. No, no offense to the UFC no guys. Offense, this card is just this card is incredible. So the fact that this actually happening on Friday is even better because I you're not going to you're not going to take any eye, yeah you're not taking any eyeballs off and and you're giving something good. I mean, typically on Friday night, like our Friday is going to be done early. You know, yeah, there's going to be no no weigh-ins. ceremonial weigh-ins. We're going to get all that shit done, taken care of in the morning, and then we can look at this one. Yeah, this fight, this card's going to be sick, man. Uh, I'm, I'm probably more – I mean, and plus, like, there's legit titles and, like, stuff that really matters, and I, I can't wait to see that rematch in the t- the main event of, of Bellator, man. Listen, if you haven't been watching McKee – I mean, and I don't want to take away from Pitbull either. I mean, obviously, you know – Pitbull's he's a stud, the, man. He's, he's been, like, the face of the company for a long time, but I'm yeah. telling you, if you haven't been watching AJ McKee, you know, I've seen a lot of the conversations, and it makes sense, especially being on the heels – of uh, you know some, some title fights in, in the lighter divisions and obviously the featherweight division you know Andre Volkanovski Andre Alex Volkanovski Andre Volkanovski is that his cousin Andre Volkanovski he's, he's a good dude. Andre Volkanovski has been talking a lot about his cousin Alex <laughs> Volkanovski uh, but no uh, you know after that performance from Alex Volkanovski you know people are saying hey could AJ McKee compete with the over there how would it? yeah bro I'm telling you right now I mean Volkanovski is one of the top pound for pound in the world right now. But it'd be a hell of a fight, and I'm telling yeah. you right now, McKee could fit right into the featherweight. Lineup. So many people were trying to put that off like it was a fluke. Their last fight, like people don't understand how bad Pipple just was destroying dudes, and AJ didn't make it look easy, but he he made it look easy. Yeah, you know. And some people were saying that, oh, you know, that was a fluke, blah blah blah. If he goes out there and does the same thing again, you know, I hope that erases that thought from people's minds that this kid, this kid's the real deal, man. Uh, I remember ever since he got on my radar, uh, I've always been super impressed. And he's always been – he carries himself well. He, he, I mean, nobody wants to deal with media on fight week, you know, and he's always been very gracious. He's always been very nice. And then he just goes out and just absolutely destroys dudes. He's got the look. He's got the mouth to kind of talk the shit that you need yep. to talk. Yep. He keeps you entertained. And then he just and then he does what's most important. And fight night, he goes out there and delivers it, you know. So if he does it again, man, I, I – People really, if they don't have him uh, in that short list of badass featherweights, uh, then they're just doing a disservice. They're not paying attention. If you're not, if you're not, uh, you know, if you're one of these people that only watches the UFC, and I understand it's a I lot to it. keep up with, and that's fine. I mean, they're giving you enough shit. There's an event every week. I, it's hard to keep track of other stuff. I get it, but do your best to tune in for at least the last three fights. I don't want to take away from Tim Johnson and Linton Vassell either, but. Aaron Pico, that Pico Edwards fight is gonna be good. Dude, I, I, I think I, I think Pico. I know people are quick to write off Pico, right? Yeah. I think he's rebuilt himself, yeah. and, and I think he is very talented, and I think he's got things going in the right direction. Yeah. His, I mean, he just got thrown in the deep end, man, and, and I he know he was so hyped. It, it was, was so hyped, but I mean, there's 
there's legit reasons why he was hyped. I mean, the kid oh, is an absolute talented. stud. Yep. You know, he's absolute. But I think you're right. I think he's he's firing on other cylinders, and maybe that's because of the losses that I he's had so. or something. He just, you know, it, look, and it, it, it was look, it was his team strategy. It wasn't that Bellator threw him in the deep end and and they ruined his career. Like yeah. him, his team, and his people behind him were like, give us the toughest challenges. And my understanding, Bellator was like, nah, let's slow roll him a little bit. I mean, look at what I mean, Bellator. Yeah. Does this with a lot of guys. So they develop yeah. them, right? But, you, again, there was so much hype around Pico that his team was like, nope, throw us in the deep end right away. And, and in, in retrospect, I think it wasn't the right thing to do. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I guess he's here one way or the other. But yeah. I'm telling you, if you were one of those guys that wrote Pico off because of his early losses, don't, man. The guy is talented. And then, again, you're going to see this this reborn Corey Anderson against Vadim Nimkov, who's incredibly talented. And then you're going to see A.J. McKee versus Patricio Pitbull. So, um, at least catch those last three fights, man. I think it's going to be a good one. You want to lay out your picks for those two fights, the title fights? Dude, I, I, I'm i going to go with McKee. I really do think he's yeah. the real deal. I think Pitbull's dangerous as can be. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm be honest with you. My head is telling me Nemkov, but my heart is pulling for Corey Anderson, man. I'm in the exact same. Yep. Exact same. I mean, Nemkov has really proven himself to me that at first I was like, I don't know who this guy is. Right. I don't know if he's going to do it. But then he he destroyed UFC vets, man. And as much as Corey is, is resurging and, you know, has found himself again, I just feel like this Nemkov kid is the real it's deal. It's the real man. deal, man. This, this is a tough deal. challenge, man. So I'm going to pull yeah. – I'm, I'm a cheering for Corey Anderson. I'm, I'm a – I, look, I'm a fan of uh, Mr. Beast in 25-8, Mr. Overtime. You know, I, I like Corey Anderson, and, and, and I've always enjoyed my conversations with him kind of behind the scenes as well as on record. So I'm going to be pulling for him, but Vadim Nimkov, man, it, he, he's the real deal. So uh, busy, busy weekend. But, again, make sure CFSC 107 streaming on Fight Pass. You don't have to watch it. Just stream it. Just, stream Just it. put it on your phone. Set your phone down. Walk away yeah, from it. Walk away. Go have dinner. Get a drink. Do what you got to do. Uh, I mean, listen, I think you should watch. I think you'll enjoy it. But I'm saying even if you don't. So you're saying that I, I, our numbers not great for these CFSC? Oh, no, they are great. But I'm trying to get them even better, bro. Yeah, right. I'm, hey, man. This is a new this is a new phase in my so, career. So make sure when you turn it on before you set the the phone down and walk away while it's playing. You just you know if you just want to tweet that you think that the commentary staff is is phenomenal, is phenomenal. You know, send that out and then set the phone down see, and walk away. Now, see, before I couldn't really be all in on my commentating career, right? Because yeah. I worked for an organization that didn't necessarily support yeah. my pursuit of commentary. So I always just kind of was quiet about it and just kind of did my thing off the side. Yeah. Now I work for an organization that supports me in doing my commentary and I want to do more of it. Yeah. So that's why I'm preaching about the numbers. Well, yeah, you bad. should be proud good. of it. I want I, I want to you know. I want I want to blow it up so that Fight Pass is going, we need you guys to do more dates cuz I want to be yeah. doing I want to be calling fights as much like I love calling fights as much as I like yeah. my job as a reporter. I love calling fights, man. It's fun. Why don't you guys put on a good product? I mean, it's good. At the banter's fun. And CM, Phil's came a long he's the man. way, man. He's, the man. He, he's got a great personality. Uh, you guys work well together. I mean, it's almost as good as the MMA Roadshow banter, but, you know. A few less beers together. Yeah, that's <laughs> Since true. Since he doesn't drink. But, yeah, that's uh, true. It is fun. It is, it is funny, man. I, I really do enjoy working with Punk, and he's become a good friend, which is like the most unlikeliest of, of friends ever. I remember when, because it was Dave Schaller that actually put us together. It was like, hey, do you want to come do And I was like, me and Punk, the dude that doesn't drink and the dude, like, <laughs> yeah. and me that knows nothing about professional wrestling, like, whatsoever. Like, you yeah. think this is going to be good? And, uh, they still eat it up when people still eat it up when they see him, don't oh, they? Dude, He's still as big as dude, ever, right? Like that dude cannot walk in a room, man. It, Did like, it get even bigger bigger since he went back? I, I think so. I mean, if it's yeah. possible. I mean, literally, like we have to usher that dude out, like in and out of places, like back doors and wow. stuff, because like he gets mauled, man. He gets absolutely mauled. It's, it's awesome. amazing how popular he is. That's pretty cool. It's cool to see. It's Good really, for him. Really cool to see. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's Friday night, and that's where I'm flying out tonight. All right, listen. 
Uh, I did want to share an interview I did earlier today um, with uh, one UFC Hall of Famer. Forrest Griffin has that. taken on a, a new responsibility. So, so as if his uh, you know job wasn't enough that he was doing UFC vice president uh, of athlete development, as if that wasn't enough, uh, now he's uh, it, it, taking on a new role. And it's it's kind of being announced. We're kind of breaking it because I think the announcement's going to be made tomorrow. But basically, um, there's a new – uh, affiliate uh, for the International Mixed Martial Arts Federation in the United States, essentially uh, a, an official national amateur organization uh, that helps you know create the the, the team that will go compete for these amateur world championships. The IMMAF never really got to cover it much in MMA Junkie because obviously we didn't really cover MMA, amateur MMA, but I was always watching what they were doing. I'm a big fan of what they've been doing. They're, they're hoping to one day get mixed martial arts into the Olympics. I mean, that's where they ultimately want to go. Still a long way to go, but, yep. you know, they've come a long way in 10 years. It was announced 10 years ago, and I remember them saying that, and I was like, oh, my God, like what a huge undertaking this is going to be. But they've been doing it, man. They're doing, they're doing, uh, you know, these national tournaments, and then they're doing world championships. And, you know, Mohamed Makayev, the, the, the guy that is all the rage right now, he's a multiple-time champion. Amanda Hebus was a champion. I mean, um, it's cool to see what they're developing. And now – and, uh, they're going to be trying to develop this <laughs> in the United States, and Forrest Griffin is going to be a part of this That's organization. Awesome. So, um, thought I'd give you a little, little update, a little share on on this interview that we did. Uh, there is a video of it up on the uh, MMA Underground YouTube oh, channel. That little site. It's yeah. it, it's a, it's a small developing website, but we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> but uh, but I, fig I figured uh, you'd want to hear the audio here as well. So before we tee that up, let me just say thank you to our newest sponsors, Cold Coffee, the fine folks at. Uh, Oh, 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 O'Reilly's oh, 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 Auto Parts. Yeah. <laughs> that was in the contract, by the way. They did want us to sing the jingle, and I said, you know what? You sponsored the May Roadshow. We'll sing your jingle. Right now, you can find the right auto parts, tools, and supplies for your vehicle at O'Reilly. Shop online or visit one of our 5,600 locations and enjoy free next-day delivery and free pickup in-store. Right now on the website, O'ReillyAuto.com, you can get 15% off $125 or more using the code SPRING15. Online, ship to home only. See details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly's oh, oh, Auto, Auto Parts. parts. Yeah. That's, where, that's where people go when they know what they're doing about their cars. That's where people go. And they're big MMA fans. They're supporting the MMA Roadshow. So, shout out. I shout it. I like it. I like it. And here's your audio. Here's Forrest Griffin. All right, so Forrest Griffin, obviously a man that needs no introduction, but uh, a man who now has a, a new job title as well, so maybe that needs an introduction. For people that don't know, uh, the United States Fight League has been named the official amateur MMA federation of the United States. This is all kind of newly developed. And UFC vice president and UFC Hall of Famer Forrest Griffin is going to oversee the athlete selection committee. So a lot of words there, but let's talk yeah. about it, right? You've been involved with the International Mixed Martial Arts Federations for about a year now as, as part of the Athletes Commission, um, but this is even more responsibility. And uh, as I was joking with you as we were getting started, more responsibilities for an already very, very busy guy. So talk to me about why this is something that made sense for you and something that you, you wanted to do. Right. So in essence, I definitely wasn't looking for another job. But <laughs> if you think about, you know, IMF's goals, they're aligned with my personal goals. And more importantly, they're in line with what the UFC and the UFC Performance Institute wants to do. And if you think about every sport, especially in the States, we have a collegiate pathway, uh, a semi-pro pathway, uh, a little more clear pathway to professionalization, right? 
that doesn't so much exist in the States. Um, you know, and it's actually, it's funny. You see all these great amateur athletes and not that a couple haven't come from the amateur uh, leagues in the States, but, you know, internationally, they do a better job of organizing and uh, cre basically creating a platform for their young and older amateur athletes and a pathway for them to either go pro or go, you know, to a world game or a championship, right? So, um, you know, that that's what we're looking to do. We're looking to kind of, uh, you know, yeah, we're, we're looking to professionalize the amateurs to an extent. Not, And that sounds awkward to say, but what I mean by that is just, you know, provide more uniform opportunities to U.S. amateur athletes. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned, uh, obviously, Mohamed Mokayev is one of those names that everybody's talking about right now. Amanda Hewis is another one that came up through the IMMF. So I guess what I want to start is just ask you, because I remember the IMMF launching in 2012. And I remember hearing that vision of what they want to do, which is organize amateur MMA around the globe, maybe even potentially getting it to the Olympics someday. Um, and I thought, what a massive undertaking that's going to be. But 10 years later, they've done a pretty damn good job with it. So I guess what can you say about kind of what they've done so far and, and, and the vision that they've had and, and just how it's, you know, maybe for people that don't know how it is coming together outside of the United States? And that's, yeah, that's, that's exactly what I would pick up on. They've done a great job. They've done, you know, they've, they've held events, they've held shows, they've come up with ways to accurately rank fighters um, to, to get these, you know, there's not a ton of money in it, right? It's amateur. That's the whole point uh, to get them to the competitions so they can compete. And just as importantly, to enforce a, a very reasonable rule set, you know, um, that, that allows athletes to progress that, that skill pathway, uh, you know, up to adulthood with, without sustaining, you know, traumatic injuries, et cetera. Right. So, uh, again, you know, it, it's, they've done a lot of great things. We've been a little behind in the States one, because the amateurs here have not been as organized. I mean, again, you think about it, we're 50 different States with multiple commissions, that that presents a challenge in and of itself. A lot of countries don't have that working against them. But we feel, um, you know, in the States and other people on this board with myself, that if we did a better job of capturing that U.S. talent, if we could get the states and the regions to work together better, we could really uh, produce some great MMA amateurs for the states to compete and, and do well in those those championship tournaments. And again, for my role, you know, th these are other people that are going to bring a lot of skilled people that have worked in this uh, in this space for a long time. Um, they're, they're just going to bring these people to me and, and I'll help them, you know, make decisions on what, what athletes we we use moving forward. So and, and that's something that I do a lot of in my day to day job, just as far as studying the sport. Right. And how, how can we evolve the sport? How can we change the sport? How can we. Uh, improve the way training is being done for the sport. How can we use this science that we have and and combine it with what is the the essence of skill learning? Right. It's skill interesting. So the, the the idea would be to kind of I guess get everybody on the same page because I think about like say like an organization like Tough Enough right here in Las Vegas right been doing amateur shows for years mm -hmm. do a phenomenal job a lot of people have come through Ronda Rousey, Ronda Rousey like, that was the one, you know, the one. Yeah. but, but, but a ton, you know having lived here there's been a ton of our our athletes that that have come through there as well be it on the amateur side or for the uh, you know getting paid a couple hundred bucks side right right so is the idea that like 
you know, groups, organizations like that around the country that, that have their own little role in their areas would kind of work together with you guys to help absolutely. select and identify athletes? Yeah, absolutely. Again, we, we want to include them and we want them to, to let us know those results and who the athletes are so we can better uh, just better identify the best talent. Right. So, you know, if you kind of standardize the comparisons, it'll it'll help as far as, you know, identifying what's what. And, you know, regionally, like think about like California and Camo, they've done a great job, um, you know, and, and I guess we would kind of like to spread that model, not them, but that model. And, um, you know, uh, really, really kind of get that that uh, that level of organization nationwide. So, you know, other regions can produce great athletes as well. That's pretty cool. So do you, do you envision, or I don't know if you've gotten this far yet, but do you envision like a national championship tournament at some point to identify these athletes? Yes. So that, that, that's been discussed. Yeah. And I mean, again, look, it, it comes down to the details. How are we identifying the athletes? And that's what we're here to figure out. We're going to identify the athletes. What are the competitions? Are the people in one area, uh, do they have a higher weighting um, than the people from another area because of the level of competition, you know, so regionally the level of competition can vary. Um, and then, uh, yeah, how, how do we get the funding for them to travel and, and compete together in some some middle ground, you know? Very cool, man. A lot a lot of work to do. Should say, I guess, the, the there's already going to be a junior tournament scheduled for May 14th. It's actually at Dan Henderson's I Athletic know, Training yeah. Center. So I want to ask you about this for us, because even for me, because it's it's athletes, I believe, as young as eight, from eight to 17. So these youth championships, yeah. you and I, man, we lived through the days of trying to convince people that this was a real sport, right? I mean, we had to tell people, we promise you, this is not what you think it is. It's a real sport. Are you concerned or have you heard any already concerned or pushback about kids getting into it? Are we saying, what, what you know, eight years old, is that too early to be having, you know, athletes involved in, in mixed martial arts? No, not really. I mean, it, you know, the rule sets, the rule sets make it relatively safe. I mean, the rule sets make it safer than American football, right? Uh, not to throw American football under the bus, but it, it, it's not that it's not that dangerous. If you think about wrestling and and, you know, I mean, I think the rule sets are great. The way they're enforced is great. The uh, you know, the, this is a relatively safe sport, you know, Um it doesn't seem like it visually sometimes, but, you know, my, my daughter does cheer and she's small. So she's kind of, you know, she's on the top of the thing. And I'm a little like, okay, it's like, she's three people up. That's not, that's not the softest surface to be followed on, you know? So, you know, every sport has inherent dangers. And I think, uh, again, rising tide raises all ships, obviously, but I think the more people that, that, partake in the sport as an amateur the more appreciation they'll have for it and uh, you know the more ability to understand the, the the details that are happening in you know the octagon or in other fights and the the great ability uh they'll have to understand that it's not uh, it's it's not inherently dangerous yeah i guess probably important to point out to people you know it's not eight-year-olds with full-on head strikes and, right. and no, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're doing the doing the best to protect it. Well, that's awesome, man. So I guess what's your ultimate goal for us? I mean, as you said, this is this is gonna be a lot of work, but it aligns with your passion, it aligns with your vision. I mean, is the idea like is your your greatest vision is 
I'm going to see an athlete come from the amateur ranks all the way up to a, a UFC champion, a UFC Hall of Fame. I mean, is, is, yeah. is that, would that be like the greatest thing for you? Well, I mean, that's going to happen with or without me. That's going to happen, you know, on a lot of levels. Um, I guess our goal is to just to keep the states up with everyone else, you know. Um, and, yeah, that'll happen. There'll be a U.S. athlete that comes through the amateur ranks, does well, um, and then goes on to win a, a belt in a major, major organization like a UFC championship belt, et cetera. Like that, that's, you know, that's only a matter of time. Pretty exciting times, and I'll be like I said. I, I'll be honest. When the International Mixed Martial Arts Federation first launched, I just thought, man, I, I, how do they ever get all of this done? Man, it's a beautiful vision, but yeah, man, if, they, if they haven't worked their tail off behind the scenes to to really make strides, so it's cool to finally see that model making it here in the United States. No, I, I agree. Um, I, obviously, you know, I, I didn't really even find out too much about it until, ironically. Um, I'm trying to think of the year. It was probably 2015, and I'm sure you were here out at the big UFC Expo, and they had the three cages yeah. going, the three, uh, you know. And I was like, okay. And that's when I saw it with uniforms, with the the you know protective equipment, the different levels of like you said, no striking to the head, striking the head based on the age. And I said, oh, these guys, like that. That was really impressive to watch. Like you know. Uh, I've, I've helped put on small shows and that was no small show. You have athletes from all over, they're putting them together. And so when I saw that, I think it was about 2015. That's kind of when I had faith that they could really do something with that. You know, um, I'm sure you were, you were probably at that expo as well, but it was one of the tournaments and hopefully we'll get to do that again in more UFC expos. And, you know, the UFC can, can kind of help get those athletes out here. And, and I don't see why that's not uh, just a, a path to have some, some of that, uh, you know, competition happen out in Vegas, fight capital of the world, right? So, yeah, I love like it. I said, Rather that was, that was an amazing event, well put on, well run. Um, and, and that's when I was like, okay, these guys are serious. And that that's actually the moment I was like, man, I should get involved, I should see if I can't help, you know, accelerate what they're doing a little bit because they they they're doing the right things. Maybe I can lend my voice to it, maybe I can, you know just just help them in some fashion and this is really just the continuation of that you know it started with like the the athletes board and you know which is very similar to what i do here what are the things that athletes need to perform their best what can we and can't we take away from their schedules or from uh, their training to, to to help them perform their best you know and um yeah I'm, i mean i'm pretty happy with the way things are going and i think this for IMAF could be, you know, a huge step. And I think, you know, it's ironic, right? Like this is an organization that's very popular internationally, but not yet in the States. And I think that's, uh, you know, I think, I think it's long overdue. So, yeah. I think it's about to change. I agree. What, what, what needs to happen now for us? Like these athletes, these organizations across the nation, do they need to reach out to you? Are you guys going to be going out and scouring the, the, the nation? How does this, how does this all get together? Well, I would definitely, um, you know, we, we, we all have our links in, but I would definitely uh, love anyone that has anything to reach out to me and I can put them in any, any, uh, you know, interest in helping or, hey, I know this guy or that guy or this organization, please reach out to me and, and I'll get them in touch with, you know, the specific people they need to, right? So the 
you know, David Dink and Eric Garcia, John Franks is, is the guy that really tells me um, the, the plan, you know, and he's a guy that's been involved with amateur MMA for years and years and years. So really, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not, it's not like I'm out here on my own. I, I have a lot of people that, that know this territory and have been in this space for a long time. And again, I just kind of help them make decisions on the athletes and then just see, you know, what, what kind of partnerships can we leverage to build this thing, to get it funded, et cetera, right? So I think that's the exciting, you know, is there opportunity for some U.S.-based sponsors to kind of help us get some bills paid, you know? Um, I don't know. Do you know of any? Can you can you hook us up? We'll start slow. We'll start with the talent. Bring us the talent. Oh. Bring us the organizations that are putting on the talent, and we'll go from there. Yeah, you don't want my funding for us. So I don't think you'd get very far with the if I'm writing the checks, man. We, we might get one athlete funded. <laughs> no, hey, you, you know people, bro. That's true. That's Trust true. Me, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't expect it to come from. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, congratulations for us. This no, cool. Nobody asked MMA reporters for money. <laughs> That is, yeah. If you're if you're ever getting into MMA journalism, make sure you understand you ain't making money off of it. All you, you right, love it. you love it. Hey, again, I, I got into spite. I got into the sport when there's you know 250 bucks to be made, and that's if you won all the fights. So, uh, and the loser didn't get paid in the first fights I started. You know, because I I thought hey, this is a great sport. This is cool. This is the epitome of human competition. Uh, let's make it as safe as it's meant to be. Let's uh, you know, let, let's expose as many people to it. It's not for everybody, but, you know, it, it is great for a lot of kids. And and you think about, like, growing up doing an amateur martial art, it doesn't mean you'll ever turn pro. It just means that, like, you know, hey, how many high school football players go to the NFL? Not many. Not so, many. You know, it, it's still a great way to, you know, to work out, to develop a base, to develop confidence, to, you know, some self-defense techniques. There, there's a there's a lot to it and a lot of benefits that it offers, right? So, yeah, absolutely. Espouse those and get people in it, and yeah. If you if you have a kid, there's no reason your kid shouldn't be training martial arts just for the confidence factor. That's why I was trying to say, like with my son, for instance, I'm not saying my son will never get his ass kicked on the schoolyard, but you know what? I know he's not going to be afraid of anybody because he's been in their training, and you're right. not going to be able to you're not going to be able to intimidate him. And I think that's what matters. That's what bullying's about, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I won't tell you my my daughter's story, but uh, <laughs> she she did jits, she did jits for a while, and then um, you know it just wasn't her passion. She didn't mind it, but I would notice that like as we were running a class, she would be on the side braiding hair, and I thought <laughs> it's not for everybody, it's not for everybody. <laughs> Maybe she'll find it later, but right now it's not her thing. I love it. You got exposed to it. Well, awesome. Well, congrats on New Gig Force. I guess while I have you, anything on the uh, the athlete development front? We heard Dana talking this past weekend that, you know, the pursuit of more performance institutes is kind of starting to pick up again, I guess, now that the world's opening yeah. back up. Yeah. Is there anything on that front that's exciting that you can tell us about, or is it just kind of slow going right now with the way the world is? Well, you know, for us, it's like it does. I'm, I was actually happy to have the delay in Mexico. No, seriously, we need to get, we need to identify a staff, identify the services we're going to provide, identify the model, right? Like, so in Shanghai, we have like a, an academy model. In Mexico, we will have an academy model. Um, it may be smaller than the one in Shanghai. You know, you've got to identify your partners 
Uh, there's just a lot of logistical things on our end we really want to have dialed in before we open doors and oh here's athletes and we have ufc fighters coming um you know again though i think it's going to be great for that entire south america market right and then eventually you know i'd love personally and this is me personally not the ufc or the ufc pi so put a different hat there i'd love to see one down in brazil you know we recently mm -hmm. hired, hired uh, claudia gadelia and and that's kind of um you know as she's worked we've realized like we missed a lot with um, athletes that that don't speak English and Portuguese is their primary language, right? So, and that's, you know, there's always going to be learnings like that coming. And we, we're, you know, again, this organization, the people that work here, they, I mean, you, you've been on the road with us, so you know how hard these people work. But it's not just that they work really hard. They're always looking to improve and better the service. Um, how can they support athletes better, you know? And um, I think the Mexico one will be huge. Maybe in Brazil, maybe, hopefully, maybe. Uh, maybe I'm just talking on my butt, but it would be nice. And then, I, you know, I think it's a great way to support athletes where they are. That's a great idea. I, I guess what you, you got to talk Dana into it, basically, is what it well, boils down to. <laughs> we'll give it some time. We'll give it some time. We'll let, you know, we'll let the sport continue to grow. The one thing I'll say is, you know, Outside of the U.S., uh, Brazil is the second most athletes on the has the second most athletes on the UFC roster, right? So right. it's natural, and I think for Mexico and uh, Latin and South America, or Middle Americas, I guess technically, um, we don't have as many UFC fighters from those regions as we should. You know, the sport is more popular. I think th that a PI there will serve to kind of and again, I, I I hate to use the PI catchphrase, but accelerate the evolution of those uh, fighters. Very cool, man. Awesome to see how much you get forced. I mean, you you you're giving back, right? I mean, you're helping develop the sport on the professional level, the amateur level. I mean, this is uh, it's still very much a, a passion of yours at this point, not just a job. Yeah. Well, now as you're saying this, I'm I'm starting to get stressed. <laughs> a lot of work to be done. <laughs> We're talking about it, this is the easy part. Talking about it, we actually got to like start doing this work. Oh my god, what have I done? <laughs> no, I, I can't. I can't, man. It's it's uh, like I said, as far as the IMAF, um, they're well supported, there are great people doing this, and, and again, I'm just a small part of it getting to help these people. So, um, yeah, again, anybody in the region that, that has a show that's primarily amateur or has a you know, amateur fighters that are looking to promote. That's, you know, we're looking to dial it in and, and you know, just basically hear from people that have information on that. So I, I appreciate you helping us get the word out. Awesome, for us. Well, I'll let you go. But you got too much work to do to be talking to me on a video call here. So I'll let you get let you get to it, man. But congrats on the new gig. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how it develops. All right. Thank you, sir. Take it easy, my friend. Always a pleasure to catch up with Forrest Griffin, and I, I'm excited about this, man. I, like I said, I, I wouldn't say I was skeptical when they announced uh, the the, the uh, you know implementation of the IMMAF back in 2012, but I was just like, man, how the hell are they going to get all this done? But damn it, they haven't been doing it. It's nice to see the United States is finally getting on board because yeah, we've fallen behind these other countries, man. They, these other countries have these national organizations, and they're helping develop these prospects. And um, man, this is going to be a, a great opportunity for U.S.-based athletes to kind of get that same experience, that same recognition. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. And uh, 
Any, any, any reason to talk to Forrest Griffin, you're going to talk to Forrest Griffin, right? I mean, come on. Yeah, right? That's Hall of Famer, yo. A Hall of Famer, man. It's cool to see how he's parlayed, you know, everything into a, a job and a career and, you know, beyond just the, the Hall of Fame fighting career, Speaking man. Speaking of that, Hall of Fame, what did you think about, uh, I want to say that just happened in Jacksonville. Uh, they picked... Uh, Cub Swanson, Cub Swanson. Go Swanson. yeah. What do you think about that? Uh, it's a it's a good fight, but it's, it's it's weird to me. I feel like there's so many other fights that right? could go before, but I don't know what what they base it on. Maybe it's just a, maybe it's an opportunity to honor Cub while he's still fighting or something because they know he's only got a few left, and to let him let him that. soak that in as like Hall of Famer. I can see that? Maybe that's it. You know, it's crazy because we have so many of these fights that kind of pop up, and you're like, oh my god, fight of the year, fight of the year, fight of the year. And I remember when this one happened, we we're like, oh my god, that's a fight of the century fight of the year and then i forgot about it yeah literally forgot about it until they they brought up i was like oh my god you're right and i was like maybe that's why they're like hey don't forget this fight over here you know that's why i think maybe like i said because i do think there's something cool about the fact like i mean gosh not that i mean we think about how many fights there are but like for instance when they put uh clay guida diego sanchez in right yeah like I thought it was cool that so that you know their last couple of fights you know they're UFC Hall of Famer you know what I mean so when you talk to them you know you refer to them they're UFC and that's cool you know it what I mean so cool. so maybe that's part of the reason because I mean look because this is different in other sports you know we have to be gone for five so long years before you're even yeah. eligible or whatever um, so I guess yeah I guess you're right I guess it is kind of cool to be able to see it and give them that honor knowing that they can come out you know they are wearing the Hall of Fame you know you know cape badge whatever you want to say <laughs> once you cape. have that <laughs> the unknown you know what i'm just saying like you gotta wear you gotta honor. wear like a cape from now yeah, on they did give him a cape or something like a jacket like a like a master's like here here's your well, they do give him a, jacket they do give him that jacket but well not the, the, but that would say it'd be funny to wear like a cape to the like you gotta wear it to the cage bro sorry like from now on <laughs> active hall of famers are required to can wear you, can, you, can you can you uh get old d-dub on the phone venom capes get behind that? venom capes <laughs> but only hall of fame edition hall of fame edition oh all right listen uh all right so listen, we've, t- we've laid out your weekend for you. You got on Friday night, you've got uh, CFFC, you've got Bellator. <laughs> on Saturday night, you got UFC. Uh, of course, if you, if you want to, uh, patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. We can get you that and a half as well. Uh, we'll get you taken care of. I did want to give one little programming note. Um, Jake Paul is going to be on Real Sports with Brian Gumble on April 19th. So that's next Tuesday before we do another show. I'm a big real sports fan. Uh-huh. Uh, I've always liked the show, man. I watch every episode of it. Uh, but Jake Paul's going to be featured on there, which is sure to piss some people off, I'm sure. So. Yeah. Do they, they say like what they're going to talk about or they just want to... Would you like to hear the, uh, the official description from the show? Sure. From rapping to elaborate pranks, Jake Paul's YouTube videos are viral sensations, amassing more than 7 billion views. Damn. Now with no experience at all, Paul has decided to become a full-time professional boxer. Undefeated in his first five pro fights, Paul still hasn't gone toe-to-toe with a boxer with a ranking. Nevertheless, millions of people have been buying pay-per-views to watch his fights, making him one of the biggest and richest names in the sports today. Wow, is that kind of a little bit of a burn? I mean, I, the rank boxes. Well, they're, they're looking, I mean, well, if anything, they should be like, I know, but if anything, you should be like, how fucking cool is that? Wow. The guy's making more but money than the, the guys at the top. Yeah, that's the, well, I think that's what they'll tell you. The real sports, they take a look at. They'll be like, how has he been able to succeed? How is he making more money than anybody else, even though he's not fighting anybody? You know? Yeah. Interesting. So well, Good for him. Thought I'd throw that Seven billion, man. That's fucking crazy numbers, man. Good for him. It is nuts. All right. Uh, listen, I got to pack up. I got I to gotta head out. I got to... Uh, Jump on a plane. I got to finish packing, actually, then jump on a plane. 
busy week for me, busy week for everybody. So uh, before I run, I'll just tell you, thanks for listening. 